I'm Megan Lawrence, and welcome to the Wild Leaders Podcast. Wild stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development, and in this episode, you'll be listening to one of our Wild Conversations. Wild Conversations are interactive virtual experiences every Friday for one hour with leaders from around the country. It's no cost to join or attend, and you can sign up by visiting wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. You can also listen on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please follow us and subscribe. Wild Conversations are led by our founder and CEO, Dr. Rob McKenna. Named one of the top 30 IO psychologists alive today, Dr. McKenna is passionate about developing leaders and transforming the way we see people in our organizations. As he will tell you, we have the tools at our fingertips to invest in our people in ways that are meaningful to them and will get the results we need. 30 years of research has taught us how much people learn and grow on the job. We have what it takes to create rich learning environments for the people we lead, and all we have to do is begin to act on what we know. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. On the half-truth of belonging, what a powerful moment and conversation this will be. I want to take a moment just to introduce, we have a guest today, which is amazing. For uh, the first time in the wild conversation, we have, we're going to have a conversation we're going to get a chance to watch. And one of the powers of this is just to, to just see and to hear some great thinking on this, uh, on this concept of belonging. And then we'll get a chance to talk about it in just a moment. I want to introduce our guests. Two of our guests are going to be having the conversation. One, this is uh, our friend, Dr. Arthur Satterwhite. And uh, Dr. Satterwhite is the Vice President for Diversity, Belonging, and Strategy at Young Life an awesome organization that many of us have connections into. I know that I have deep roots there and deep friendships there. And so we're so excited to hear from him. And uh, Arthur, I just love your title. It's awesome. And then we also have Dr. Daniel Halleck, who is the Chief Commercial Officer for Wild Leaders. And uh, Daniel is excited for this conversation. Daniel and Arthur, it's just, it's going to be amazing to have this. So we're just grateful that both of you are here. And so everybody, brace yourselves, put on your seatbelts, and get ready for a conversation. Be thinking about how, what this spurs on for you. So y'all take it away. Hey, thank you, Dr. McKenna and Dr. Satterwhite III. It is so good to be with you, Arthur. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I, I'm excited about this topic because when I think of the half-truth of belonging, you know, it, 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 when, I, when I dig it a little bit deeper into the belonging research and literature, it really is a whole topic. And I think so often there's so much nuance to it, but we, we often um, trivialize it to a meme where it's that leadership meme that just says, everyone should belong. And it's like, yeah, but then we don't actually talk about how to do that. So, so today, I mean, you, you and I have talked, we're not debunking this topic. We both believe in it, but we're hoping to get a little bit deeper <laughs> below the surface than just sure, sure. The, the, the leadership meme. Um, and I've, I've loved connecting with, uh, with you when we met at a con- leadership conference a couple years ago, just felt that kindred spirit right away. Um, you're a thoughtful, nuanced person who has really interesting perspectives on belonging, diversity, inclusion, equity, and, and just some of the, I, I think, potentials and possibilities that can come in, in this space. So uh, as, as we get in, the first thing I'm curious about, you, you teased us a little bit earlier this morning as we were prepping for this call, talking about what does it actually mean to belong? And, and so I'd love to, to have you start there. What, is it, what does it mean to belong? And why does this topic matter for you personally and, and today? 
Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, first, let me just say it's you know my privilege being here with you all. You know, you, Dr. Roberts. You know, I want to say thank you for the invitation, um, especially to be a part of this conversation, uh, one that is personal and I think is maybe one of the most important. You know, we're living at an interesting point in history in our society. You know, if you watch the news, doesn't matter what end of the spectrum you're on. You know, we're amidst all this chaos and. Um, I would say for me personally, you know, in this conversation, um, I feel like my journey, you know, my professional, ministerial, um, just just my personal journey is uh, just that question. It's like, hey, do I belong here? Do I fit here? Um, I think that's a lot of uh, what people even maybe on this call are feeling, uh, whether it's in their workplace, in their community, maybe even in their home. <laughs> Um, it's just like, man, do I belong? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, I'd point us back to uh, uh, a dear friend of Young Life, Dr. Eric Carter out of Vanderbilt, who's been doing some research actually coming out of the, the disability community. Um, this idea that belonging, different than inclusion, is maybe a next step. Um, right, diversity, equity, and inclusion are something that are a hot topic right now. Companies, individuals are having this question like, man, what does it look like to be more diverse, to be uh, agents of equity, um, to, to be intentional around even making sure people who have been excluded historically are included, um, where Dr. Carter and us as an organization are, is like, man, we feel like that next step of going to a place of belonging um, where people feel not just part of, um, but they feel like they actually belong, that they are loved, that they're not just invited or welcomed, but they would go the full, the full way to, hey, you belong here in your full self. You can bring all that you are, all that you have, all that you're gifted in, and it makes sense here. Um, I, I loved how Dr. Carter put it. He's like, hey, you know you belong when you're missed. When, when you're not there, you're not in the room, you're not in the meeting, you're not in the space, you belong when you're missed. And people are you're reaching out afterwards like, hey, we missed you. Why, why aren't you here? Um, that, that, again, that's just a little bit different than inclusion where, yes, it also requires intentionality. Um, but I, th I feel like where DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, often stop, especially in a professional context, um, is do we have more people around the table who typically aren't here? Um, have we thought about maybe some of our systems and processes um, so that we can make sure that they can be here? And are we intentional about making sure that their voice is heard? They're all right, all necessary. Um, but again, belonging, I think, calls us to the next space. How do we need to change? How does this, whatever it is, need to change so that they fully belong and know that they are a full member of this? So. Just some thoughts. I, 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 I love I love that piece about feeling feeling missed too. I mean that it's it, it gets at a, one of my I think a, our core psychological needs to to um, be accepted, to be in relationship, to be to be part of a, a community of people. Um, I you know I just think of <laughs> you and your job title, right? When I look at uh, vice president for diversity, belonging, and strategy, with that backdrop you just shared around uh, diversity, equity, inclusion as part of the way, but belonging is a different next level. I, I, I kind of, I kind of imagine this uh, Dilbert comic strip, right? And it's got the boss, you know, and, and his, and his thing is like, well, um, of course people feel like they belong here. We've got a vice president for diversity, belonging and strategy. Sure. So I guess, um, and, and obviously that's not, that, that's kind of that memeified, not, we're not quite there. What for, for you with that job title and, and, and just your passion and background and expertise in this area, 
what's the greatest opportunity and the greatest challenge you face doing this work, even coming at it with belonging as part of your, your job title? Sure. Maybe let me start with the back end of that. My greatest caution, and not even just to my organization, but to other organizations who are thinking about what role, you know, who is going to give intentional thought to you know, driving this really change process for an organization, right? It's not just a checklist. Okay, cool. We had some policies in place, got some new people here. Check the box. We're more diverse, more equitable, more inclusive. Um, who's going to drive that change process? It's so easy when we approach it from that checklist perspective for us to outsource that, oh, that role is going to do this and not realizing that, no, this is something that I, as a leader and wherever you sit in the organization, you have a, you have a role to play. You're, you're an agent of whether or not people belong in your context. Um, uh, we had a, a speaker join us as an organization just the other week um, where she said, hey, uh, this is courageous work. Courageous leaders create belonging. Um, and realizing that it's not up to one person, it's a, co- a collective effort. Um, I will say, and this is a shout out, kudos to my organization, but to other organizations who are doing it. Um, for those who are creating this role, it gives me hope. You're putting skin in the game. You're, you're putting stuff on the line because uh, you're reallocating resources, uh, human and financial, because you realize this is going to take something. It's going to require something, a sacrifice, a cost to it. Um, because to become that belonging space, it actually flies in the face of what we are most comfortable with, right? Because for someone else to belong, it might require something of me. I might need to give something up. I might need to be a little bit uncomfortable to ensure that somebody else who who didn't belong actually does. Um, and for those who, who get that, who are, are making that investment, I think that's so important. I'll just give you a, a, a story because you would ask even just in the first question, Talk about maybe a time that you didn't belong. Um, I'll never forget, it was my first job and this moment, this experience was so formative just on me as a leader. Um, I, w- I was new working in Manhattan in you know, real estate, um, straight out of college, just cutting my teeth, young black man in this you know, corporate environment. Um, and I was doing some, some pretty fun, good things. Uh, some folks had taken notice and I'll never forget. Uh, I still look up to this gentleman a day as my first boss called me into his office, uh, one day. Um, and I didn't think anything of it because, you know, he was mentoring me, coaching me. Um, uh, we sit down where we have a little banter like normal. And then about halfway into the conversation, he's like, Hey, I just, I felt like I needed to say this, you know, we don't do that here. And I was a little, little caught off guard. And I was just like, what? We don't, we don't do what? What are you talking about? I need some context. Help me. Um, and he said, hey, um, I've noticed you've started to grow your hair out. Um, I just wanted to let you know, if you want to grow in this organization, you know, we, we, we prefer a more professional look. Um, give, let me give you some context. Uh, I used to have braids um, in college. And when I left college, um, was about to start working in the city. Um, I was like, man, I just need a new look. I just need something fresh. I'm starting now. Let me just shave them off. Um, about six months, you know, eight months on the job, I started to grow my hair back out because I was like, you know, I missed my braids. I was a part of my identity. Um, it's just, it was a part of me. Um, so when he said, we don't do that here, to him, it wasn't a big thing. He was just coaching, trying to help me fit in. And, and they wanted to see me succeed. But what he unconsciously said to me was like, hey, that part of you doesn't belong here. 
So if you want to fit, then you need to assimilate. You need to adapt. You need to leave part of you at the door so that you can be part of this. And I think there's so many ways that unconsciously, unintentionally, our organizations, even us individually, we send those same messages to different people. Um, because there, there is dominant culture in all of our space. And I think, I believe, especially in this context of belonging, our role as leaders, to be those courageous leaders that it was Dr. Edmondson, just to give honor where honors due, um, to be those courageous leaders, it requires us to, to get out of ourselves, get out of our own space, and to be more intentional about looking for those others who, who may not belong, or at least may not belong fully. Man, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's a, such a, a powerful, salient story that describes it. And I, I, I also appreciate, um, Arthur, your grace in, in, in calling out the, 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 the thing that made you feel like a part of you didn't belong without throwing him under the bus. You, you still honored him as a, as a leader who had, your, who had right intent, but, but, but the impact wasn't, wasn't there as planned. You said something, you said a couple times something that fascinates me. You talk about what's my, what, what's, we all have a role to play or as a leader's, what's your role? And it's interesting because in, in, in that context, I'm thinking of what, um, that individual might not have realized the role he could have played. Um, there's a tension, I think, I think, I think that comes up. It's, it's the responsibility of belonging. How much of it is, uh, is my responsibility or your responsibility? How much of it is the organization, right? So sure. the tension of, and then what is, what is the role of a leader in, in that piece? So the individual versus the corporate, how, how, do those, how do you reconcile those two together? And then what is the individual leader in your perspective? Yeah. Um, again, I mean, that comes back to my caution, right? Um, it's easy for us, and we just naturally do this. If you're new to a job, right, you're coming in, you're trying to figure it all out, you know, do, where do I fit? Where do I belong? What is, what is the culture, right? The unspoken around here. Um, so there's the organizational piece around um, the organization has a responsibility to be intentional, about uh, being self-aware, being, being intentional about assessing itself. Um, what, what is in place, policy, structures, et cetera, that may unintentionally, unconsciously say to some in its midst, those marginal people within its organization, you don't belong here, or at least not fully. You know, you, you got to be a certain way, do, show up a certain way, do something a certain way to fully belong. Um, and and that's, that's on leadership. You know, and that's, that's at the top um, to hopefully have that self-awareness and intentionality. But if we're, if we succumb to the idea, well, that's on them to fix, not realizing that we have a role to play. It doesn't matter if you are the secretary um, up to the vice president, um, each of you has a role to play in shaping that culture and sending that message. Um, and that's where the courageous part of that comes in. Um, because to be courageous is to call out sometimes people and organizations that are maybe not aware, that, that may be missing it. Um, to call out those things that, hey, that, that's not right. That said to this person over here that you know, they didn't belong, that they didn't fully fit, that they had to change who they were, show up in a different way. Um, that, that, that's our personal agency. And because it's a change process, that's why everybody needs to show up in it and everybody needs to own their own role in it. Again, not to take the pressure off the senior leadership. Hey, we, myself included, as an executive at Young Life, we have to lead from the top and shaping that, speaking into it, creating those accountability opportunities, metrics, measures, you know, being transparent in it. 
so that others fully sense and understand what is it. Um, but again, it's about people taking ownership at whatever space they're in to help drive that too. Yeah, no, I, I love that. There, there's a, there's a, a both and piece to that as well. You, you said something um, to earlier with us and we had a conversation about a couple months ago as well that you just alluded to a, a bit ago, which was, um, you know, so, so often when this belonging space, we, um, whether it's policies, procedures, that top-down piece or the bottom-up, the individual responsibility, um, we, we're often looking at how do, we, how do we include people who, or how, let, how do we make, how do we be part of the journey of creating a place where people can belong who might not have normally felt that. And I like how you put it, the, the, the loudest voice in that conversation today is around race, but you also mentioned earlier disability. There's so many other pieces, so many pieces sure. to, to, to this. Um, one of the things that, that you, you mentioned earlier was that, you know, with a dominant or majority culture, as, as we, there's often can be a fear of, okay, I want to, to, I've recognized that some might not belong, who I've maybe overlooked unintentionally. So I think of your boss, your old boss today, might be like, wow, that was a misstep. Yeah. Um, you have a conversation, but now, now he's got a different perspective. Um, but as you said, things are seismic. You use the word chaos. Things are changing so much. What does it look like for individuals who might be on the fringe to use that terminology you used or who might be in the dominant majority culture? Um, what is their, what is it, what does belonging look like for them and how do they think about themselves as, as the tectonic shifts are seismically shifting? Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much in that question. Um, it, it's a few things and hopefully this comes out in a coherent way. Um, <laughs> Yes, race and ethnicity is like the loudest conversation and, and rightly so. Like there's centuries of history just in our American context of how, you know, people of color and specifically black people, you know, have been marginal in American society. Um, and, you know, you see the protests and the unrest and everything where you have these marginal people groups and again, black people in particular saying enough, we're tired. You know, we're done with this gradualism um, that's at the pace of comfort for a dominant culture. We're, we're enough. <laughs> um, and, and this is what I, why I think belonging is so powerful. Um, because again, at the heart of it is that, that cost, that sacrifice to, to ensure that others belong. It requires those who are in power to be self-aware enough, to be self-conscious enough to say, how do I give this away? How do, how do I ensure that those who don't have, that who are on the margins are brought to the center and come? But in that same context, because of course, I, 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 would, I would suggest, um, and I, I can't even take full credit for this, a dear, another dear friend of mine, Dr. Greg Thompson, shared this with me years ago. Um, the anger, um, the frustration that we hear, especially from a lot of our, our, our dominant culture friends, our whites, our male friends, um, it's, it's, it's at that, it comes more out of a place of fear and loss um, because in this writing of, you know, creating spaces for belonging, that, that sacrifice, that loss is something that's real and felt. It's a loss of power. It's a loss of privilege. It's a loss of these things that, again, has just become norm. Um, and we got to acknowledge that because to just replace one power with another power is also not creating belonging. It's just shifting oppression. 
Um, so how do we create a space where, yes, you know, people of color, you need to be brought center. We need to create more diverse, equitable, inclusive belonging spaces so that you can come fully as you are, fully belong, influence, shape, and form, but also to our white friends. You, you belong here too. You, you have a role in this too. No one's asking you to leave part of yourself at home either. Um, and that's the tension of the both ends. Um, and, and, and why this is so hard and requires courage. It's the, the, I think the perfect metaphor is a marriage, right? You know, when you come to a marriage, it's two individual people who have their own way of doing things. And it's so easy to fall into, I hate to call it a more traditional model, um, where that person, one of person, usually the, the male in the, the relationship, according to history, they're in control. They're the head, right? Um, and I know the metaphor, oh, they're the head, but they're the neck. Um, but again, it's the idea of like, hey, for a marriage to truly work, as I've heard it as, you know, counselors point to it, hey, it's that compromise. It's that coming together, that sacrifice that, you know, I'm going to you know, make room for my wife to fully be all that she is and who she is in our marriage because that's right and that's good and that's healthy and I love her. Um, and vice versa, the same thing for her. Um, and and that's, that's, to me, the picture of when we think about belonging, even in our professional context, that's what we're trying to strive for. Is, is hey, how do I not let whatever it is I have as a maybe a dominant cultural person, how, how do I not let that unconsciously, unintentionally perpetuate whatever oppression there may be? And I'll, again, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I have privilege. You know, I'm, I'm an executive in a global organization with a half billion dollar a year budget. I've got some power, some privilege, some position over other people. And if I'm not intentional about how I show up in a space, what I'm saying in that space, I can easily unintentionally push somebody else to the margin, minimize what they can or how they show up in that space. And, and to me, where belonging is done well, when, when I'm a good agent of belonging, it's, hey, how am I giving that power and that privilege away? How, how am I bringing somebody else from the margin who wouldn't have access, who wouldn't have had a platform? How am I centering them? Um, because now I just created a space where I said, hey, Daniel, you belong here. Your, your voice matters. Um, if you weren't here right now, I would miss you. Um, I need you to show up too. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the idea here with belonging. How, how can we, as people, wherever we are, with whatever we have, show up and be that? And that doesn't mean I've got to stop being who I am and leave as part of me home. That means I just got to make room for somebody else to be, be there too. Man, Arthur, there, uh, this is blowing my mind. I haven't read the chat, but I see it's blowing up. I've got dozens more questions I can ask you. I'm gonna ask you one more, because in many ways, we're just barely opening the door on this. It's like, we just got peeked in a crack, right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so before you get into. Um, and the, the last question I'm curious about before we, we get into these breakouts and, and, and debrief a little bit is, um, when it comes to this whole space and being on that journey yourself, what, what is your edge for belonging? What are you still trying to figure out and, and wrestle through for your own development as a leader who even has belonging in this title? Yeah. I mean, it was a big question. I mean, I'll say this because I've said it in a few other places. Realizing that I'm a practitioner in this, um, but I'm also a person. 
um, and I've used this in a few contexts, hey, this work uh, is simultaneously soul-sucking and satisfying, is, the, is how I framed it. Um, it's soul-sucking because you're dealing, you're, 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 you're called to step into hurt, into pain, into uncomfort, discomfort, um, into brokenness. Um, and that's hard. Um, it's satisfying in those moments where you can be a bridge. You can be an agent of healing, of restoration, of uh, not to use all Christianese language, but redemption um, it, to, to be able to step into that. Um, my edge, I would say, is that I'm human. Um, that I have blind spots and I have unconscious bias that causes me to miss it. I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert um, in belonging, uh, even as I'm growing in it and learning along the way. This is why I loved our friendship, Daniel, because we challenge each other. We push each other. Um, we, 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 we speak into each other. Um, belonging isn't just about race and ethnicity. You know, it's about gender. It's, it's about uh, age and generations. It's, it's about abilities. Again, there's so many different lenses through which we can begin to see others who we wouldn't traditionally normally see. Um, and I don't, I don't always have those lenses in place. And sometimes I got to be corrected. Um, I was leading a, a, an event uh, a year or so ago. And um, as I set up the panel, I unconsciously did this. I had all the men on one side and the one woman that was on the panel on the other side. And to me, I was just like, I just want to be in the middle and for everybody to connect and feel like I'm not just you know, out of the thing. And I had to stop the panel after about three minutes when all of a sudden I was just like, wait a second, something's off here. Um, I didn't, the way I set this up, let her uh, set her up to belong in this. Um, and it's, it's, are we, self-aware enough do we have the emotional intelligence enough not that i am don't have some emotional intelligence gaps either to 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 realize it and to own it because that, that's how we get better at you know being about advancing being agents of reconciliation and belonging in our context yeah i mean there's hope um maybe that's because my number five in strength finders is positivity so i just I tend to be the eternal optimist um <laughs> but my, my hope is that because belonging is on all of us, and as long as we continue to show up in our space and be that agent, that courageous leader, then it is possible. It's, it's when we, we give up or we outsource it or we're not intentional about it that you know, hope starts to dwindle. So all of you here, part of this conversation is hope for me, and my prayer is that you don't grow weary, not to get all biblical on you, in your well-doing as you go back into your space. <laughs>
Thanks for joining this wild conversation. If you'd like to learn more about wild leaders, visit us at wildleaders.org. If you want to purchase the wild toolkit, visit wildtoolkit.com. If you'd like to join the interactive live recording with other leaders, sign up at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation. I'm Megan Lawrence. Have a great day.